This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. What is going on? Full show today, full hour tonight. Cubs baseball here on ESPN Des Moines. Cubs and cards. Uh, coming up, you're near Buster Only, by the way. Tell you why everybody is keeping an eye on the Chicago Cubs as we get closer to next week's MLB trade deadline. Uh, game one tonight. Sorry, game two tonight as the uh, Cubs beat the Cardinals last night. 6.45, 7.15 for the first pitch right here on ESPN Des Moines. Okay. So, yesterday on my morning show over on Laser 103.3, my partner Heather said, what are we going to talk about during sports at 8.30? And I looked at her and I said, Aaron Rodgers sucks. And I have been an Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't say, a supporter is fine, I think. I, I loved Aaron Rodgers on the field. I'm a big fan of what he was able to do for the Green Bay Packers. No matter how bad things got, as long as 12 was on the field for the last 18 years or 15 years, whatever, you always had a shot, right? And then, you know, you get to the the, the off-the-field stuff, the immunized stuff, and that turns some people off. And I'm like, look, I don't look to Aaron Rodgers to give me medical advice, all right? Whether you agree with him or don't agree with him, I do not look to Aaron Rodgers to give me medical advice. I don't care how close of a friend of he is to uh, Joe Rogan. I look to doctors, but that's just me. And then it was like, oh, he's crushing ayahuasca in the Peruvian jungle. And you're like... That's what rich people do, right? Like they do weird stuff like that. You know, we did. We had a conversation. Like, if you won the Powerball, what band would you pay to have come celebrate your richness, your wealth in your backyard? Like, that's what rich people do. They have ACDC play their backyard for the kids' graduation party or something. That's what rich people do. Even though it's like, man, what are you? You're out do taking hallucinogenics when you in the off season. Then he goes to Hawaii. Remember, he was dating Shailene Woodley. And he goes to Hawaii in the offseason when he should be working out. I'm like, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's a veteran. He doesn't need excuse after excuse after excuse for all the stuff that if it was any other quarterback, if it was Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, I would be like, see, that guy's not committed. That guy's a whack job. And I was always in Aaron's corner. Always, as a Green Bay Packers fan, didn't matter. Because I was there when he got booed during training camp. When they were when, when the Brett Favre divorce was happening. I'm like, that's all right. This guy's going to learn. He's going to, 15 years from now, he may move on and that's fine. And I think he's going to be, he's a young kid. Who knows if he's going to be any good. He had the one game against Dallas. And then 15 years later, after all the excuses about ayahuasca, and the darkness retreat, and the immunized, and the this, and the that. It's like, what's it going to take, right? Well, the straw that eventually has broken my back, all right? It happened. Word came down about 40 hours ago, something along those lines. Wednesday night, word came down. Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, 
Aaron Rodgers is taking a $35 million pay cut. Not a renegotiation. Not a reallocation of his contract. Rodgers is literally giving back $35 million. Why? So the Jets can have more money to spend on free agents. My God. Green Bay Aaron would never. All right. And the weird part about this is, well, not the weird part, but again, a stick. How many times, if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, was it always? Green Bay just doesn't have any free agency money. They don't have a lot of money to spend in free agency. They're just not going to spend money in free agency. That's just not what they do. They don't have a lot of money. They got to pay their guys. Where was this money, this 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 charitable Aaron Rodgers for 15 years when he had to be one of, if not the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League? Where was this charitable Aaron Rodgers? This, I'm going to take a pay cut. That way, Green Bay can go sign, pick a receiver. And then he complained they never got enough weapons in the draft, but then when you have the free agency money to give back, you didn't do it, you kept it. And did the Packers just kick the can down the road and they're paying him $40 million to not play for him this year. And perhaps that's why it's like, I'm going to take a $35 million pay cut. Oh my God. I oh, Somebody said to me on Facebook, Wicket, Rodgers never cared about the Packers. And that's not true. Rodgers did care about the Packers. He also cared about himself, as every athlete does. He, he didn't care enough just because you don't give money back, he did kick the can down the road by adding years and pushing stuff back. We, we, we know that the salary cap isn't real. You can renegotiate. You can push money back, all the signing bonuses, all the roster bonuses, everything. And that's, that's eventually what the Packers are paying for right now with Aaron Rodgers. But may, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you have to be so mad at the news this week about Rodgers. And his decision to take a $35 million salary reduction. Now, you can only do that, by the way, when you've made $300 million in the National Football League and you're getting paid 40 to not do anything for the team that's writing you the check. All right? You can do that then. You can take a $35 million pay cut. Your boss ever asked you to take a pay cut? Not this big. Not this large. And I don't even know who initiated the conversation. Because I can't imagine the stones on a GM going up to Rodgers and be like, Aaron, here's the deal, man. We need, we, you know that $100 million that you are owed over the next two years? Can we get $35 million of that back? Can you just give us $35 million? Who has the stones to say that? Or was Rodgers sitting around having three fingers of tequila and ayahuasca and he, he had a vision? Did he do it to help the Jets or did he do it to tick off the Packers? Because I heard ESPN's Rob Domofsky, good friend of mine, on this radio station yesterday, talking about how there are people that took notice of that at 1265 Lombardi up in Green Bay because he would never do it for the Packers. This feels like absolute spite mixed in with, oh, Dalvin Cook's still out there. Because you got to believe, because Dalvin Cook is actually 
He's in New York right now or New Jersey or whatever cesspool that place is. He's with the Jets right now, okay? We know that. And Dalvin is looking at all these teams, and they want to pay him $6 million. And Dalvin feels that he's worth 12 or $14 million, but nobody really has that much cap space for a running back, and we know what running backs are being paid these days. Did Aaron Rodgers call Dalvin Cook and say, bro, I know you beat my sorry defenses in up for years when I was playing in Green Bay. I know you ran all over them for years in Green Bay. I remember watching a four-touchdown game from Dalvin Cook like two years ago thinking, why doesn't anybody just stand in front of him? Because they couldn't catch up to him. That was the Fire Petten years, and before that was the Fire Dom Capers years. But man alive. Did, did, did Rodgers see that he's a free agent, get the contract that he wants, and think, I'm going to go do that for the betterment of the Jets or because I can to spite the Green Bay Packers? I believe it's a combination of both. More spite than benefit. Now, what? before we talk more, before I go further down the Aaron Rodgers route here and how I am done with Aaron Rodgers, done defending, done being a fan, I've got the memories, but just like what Brett Favre did to so many Packers fans, with the divorce, and then everything that Brett Favre has done since, because he's a garbage human being, uh, I am not a Brett Favre fan. What sucks is now I'm not going to be a fan of the... Bart Starr can be in this conversation too, but I never saw Bart play. What sucks is I'm going to stop being a fan of the two best quarterbacks I ever saw play for the Green Bay Packers because they're horrible human beings. And I know, Kira, you're looking at me saying, I told you so. Because that's what Heather was doing to me yesterday on Laser. You know what's playing in my head right now? You ever seen Tangled Wicket? No, uh, no. It's the one I have not really? seen. My kids There's have. There's a really wonderful song in there that goes, well, at last I've seen the light. I hear the song and a lot because like... we play Disney favorites in my house. <laughs> I didn't know what movie it was from, but now I know. Ugh. Um, on, a, on a Jets note, And if you're listening to us here in Des Moines, uh, you might be an Iowa State fan. To me, there's a domino effect here. Rodgers taking a pay cut, which still, oh, done, so mad, angry. Rodgers taking the pay cut to sign Dalvin Cook, to me, says, Brees Hall isn't ready. Now, Brees Hall tweeted out yesterday, LOL. But it sounds to me like you don't go after a guy like Dalvin Cook and enter him into a crowded backfield and make Brees Hall your plan B. You know, he had the ACL in week five, I want to say, week four, I want to say. But you, you, to me, if they're figuring out a way to get, and they got Bam Knights in there, and they got a couple, I feel like Michael Carter might still be hanging around. I don't know the Jets' depth chart. But it feels like, they're bring, there's a conversation being had about Dalvin Cook to the Jets because Brees Hall isn't ready. And that sucks for Brees Hall because he was supposed to be the man this year. He was supposed to be the guy. Now, he still might be the guy next year or 1-1A. That'd be a really good 1-1A, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, if you can get it in New York. But I digress. If you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you ever, you should be angry over the last two uh, the last two days. And I went from this was me as of Wednesday afternoon. All right, two days ago. Obviously, if you're watching on the video on the the Facebook Live, my mother-in-law is watching. Hey, Carol. 
If you're watching on the Facebook stream right now, you see him in my Jordan Love jersey. It's Jersey Friday. Proud of you, Kira. You're wearing your Des Moines Roller Derby jersey today. Very, very cool. Number zero. I like it. Agent zero. I was like, you know what? I'm all about Jordan Love. I've been drooling over the videos that the Packer Media Mafia has been tweeting out. But I still hope Rodgers has a good year. I don't necessarily hope the Jets have a real good year. But I still, and if you know what, I feel like a Lions fan. If the Jets got to the Super Bowl, I would root for New York. As of Wednesday afternoon, all right? If the Jets got there, I'm a fan of Rodgers on the field. He brought me so much joy for a decade and a half. How many times have I watched, enjoyed watching Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter comebacks and the Hail Marys and the, the pinpoint accuracy and when the camera always zooms in on his eyes and he looks so angry because somebody fell down or made a mistake and it's never Aaron's fault. I love the arrogance in his eyes. To now, I hope the Jets lose every freaking game. I want Rodgers to get to 65, a nine games, stay healthy, get to 65% of the team's snaps, and I want the Jets to lose every single game. And I want Rodgers to suck. I want Aaron Rodgers to have a worse year than he had last year, which was the worst year he's ever had as a starter. All right? I want Aaron Rodgers to have the worst year of his career, and I hope for failure. We have a Jets fan in the office here. If you're watching the video, we have the, the blinds drawn, but the office is right behind here. It's where the salespeople are. We got a Jets fan that works here. And I thought he was just being coy and trying to, to tick me off. His name's Michael. He walks up to me. So, Mike, uh, I have a quick question. Wicked, do you, do you mind? What is, what did Aaron do? And I'm thinking, you SOB, you know exactly what Aaron Rodgers did. So I had to explain to him, because he's not a football nerd like I am. I had to explain to him, so I've already had the conversation on laser. Now I have to have the conversation again. I'm like, why don't I just send you the podcast? Why don't you just wait till Friday? But to give back $35 million so the Jets can have free agents spending money. Meanwhile, you had the highest, the, the, the most expensive contract in the National Football League for years and complained that Green Bay never went out and spent money on weapons. Hypocrite. I hope Aaron Rodgers sucks this year. I hope he has the worst year of his career. Need him to stay healthy, take 65% of the snaps so that draft pick becomes a first-round pick as opposed to a second-round pick. But I hope Aaron Rodgers sucked this year. Coming up, we're going to hear from Dalvin Cook. He was actually on uh, the NFL Network today. He spoke about the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. Uh, also, Robert Saleh, a little bit on Dalvin Cook, hanging out with the Jets right now. Thanks for listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. It's 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. From the uh, Facebook page watching on the video, Michael writes the same, talking about Aaron Rodgers, taking a $35 million pay cut. Uh, the same weapons he complained about are the ones he dragged to New York. He will not have a successful season. He's a step slower, a year older, and is uh, half. I can't even say this on the air, has a half bleep offensive line. I think they're going to be an eight-win team. I think they're an eight-nine-win team. Uh, I think that defense is, I mean, look, somebody asked me, uh, 
do I think the the Packers will be two and seven after nine? Or the Packers will the Jets be two and seven after nine? No, because they were five and two with Joe Flacco at quarterback or Zach Wilson at quarterback. Aaron's an upgrade, even whatever version last year. If he's last year's, that's still an upgrade from Zach Wilson and. Uh, Joe Flacco and that defense is so good it's going to win football games. I don't know what their schedule looks like, but they're going to be they're going to be good. All right, the Jets are going to be good. The problem is they play in such a tough division and such a tough conference that everybody's going to beat each other up. So nine wins might be good enough to get you a wild card spot. You know, whereas in the in the NFC you're gonna I think you got to get at least ten to get in. But we'll find out. Like it, it, we're in like week one of training camp. Who knows? But I, I believe the Jets will be good. I don't know with that offensive line if they're going to be good enough to beat. Like I hope the Bills beat them twice. All right. I hope that whenever they play, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. My neighbor Shane lives across the street from me. He's a huge Cowboy fan. We talk trash all year about the Packers and the Cowboys. Loves Dak. Loves Jerry. Loves the Cowboys. He's insane. Uh, I told him, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yesterday, I texted him. I said, when they play, I think they play week three, Jets and Cowboys. I want to watch the game with them. I hope they beat the New York Jets. I, how about them Cowboys? I'll go buy a Dak jersey for that day and rock it in hopes that the Jets lose. I want the Jets to lose every game. I hope Aaron Rodgers sucks. What he did by taking that $35 million pay cut the slap in the face to everyone in Green Bay and everybody in Cheesehead Nation is despicable. And he did it because, A, he's trying to spite the Packers for the way that things have gone down, and B, Dalvin Cook is out there, all right? Running back Dalvin Cook is actually still a very good running back. I don't think he's the great Dalvin Cook, but last year, did you know, he played 17 games. First time in his entire NFL career Dalvin Cook played 17 games, which means he was actually healthy. Now, he just had some shoulder surgery, but Cook played, had a very good year last year. We all understand the Kevin O'Connell offense and the year Kirk Cousins was having and the year Justin Jefferson was having. He may have been an afterthought and too pricey at $14 million for Minnesota. But Aaron just gave back $35 million in salary cap space, and Dalvin Cook is in New York or New Jersey or whatever, visiting with the Jets and just wants to get things done. I think they're pretty high, man. I think I think we're in a position of, of you know, a team that's building something special, and I want to be a part of something mm-hmm. special, you know, as a player. And I want to add to just whatever they got going on. So I think the, the possibility is high right now, you know. If- the possibility is high right now of signing with the New York Jets. Yeah, we all know that. Just put your name on the dotted line. Just go ahead, do it, sign with the Jets, so there'll be Aaron and Dalvin. Just go ahead. We are all waiting on it. I don't know if it's happened yet. I haven't checked Twitter in six minutes, so I'm not sure if it's happened quite yet. More from Dalvin Cook. This was on the NFL Network, and he was asked about Aaron Rodgers. I feel like that's the guy you want to be with. Yeah. Oh, that's what yeah. it feel like. Um, you know, we date back to Tom Brady days, like when he was didn't make as much, you know, yeah. he, but he was he wanted what he wanted around him, and that's what it was. And I think Aaron's at a spot where he just want to go win. Prove to everybody, you know, I'm in the big city. We're going to go win and get this thing done. You know, you appreciate a guy like that. And you mm-hmm. and you go put it on the line for a guy like that. You appreciate a guy who goes the route of Tom Brady. That's Did that just get 
said, Tom Brady took hometown discount after hometown discount after hometown discount with the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is the reason Tom Brady has seven rings. And I know that sounds like a dumb statement to make, but Brady is great. But Brady took less money so the team could be better. And that's the difference between Aaron Rodgers, the Packer, and Tom Brady. Dalvin Cook would never have said that, and nobody on the Packers would have said that when talking about Aaron Rodgers when he was in Green Bay. Brady took less so the team could win. Aaron took the most for Aaron. And now, all of a sudden, finally, one time, Aaron Rodgers says, I'm going to take a pay cut. Now he's that dude. Give, oh, that's a terrible sound. That's a, that's a fire me up soundbite right there. Hear about a good teammate. He, I, look, Aaron's a good teammate. Everybody likes him. We all know that. He's a smart guy, positive guy. Uh, he, he, the cream rises to the top when it comes to playing on that level. But don't ever compare what Tom Brady did for the Patriots to what Aaron Rodgers didn't do for the Green Bay Packers and is now doing for the New York Jets. Here's their head coach, Robert Saleh, on Aaron Rodgers. You know, obviously Aaron's presence, and I think Aaron, you know, he made a heck of a statement, you know, uh, just to, you know, I've talked to you guys about how selfless and how thoughtful he is uh, with his statement and what he's done with the organization in terms of giving us this opportunity to be able to go at least try to pursue a guy like uh, Delvin. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been going on since free agency where guys kind of, it just feels like guys want to be here. There's a lot of excitement in the locker room, and uh, so hopefully that momentum continues. Aaron is famous for saying that players come to Green Bay because they want to play with him. It's a famous quote. I think it was on, was it on the McAfee show? I think it might have been. About players want to come to Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers. But the problem is, as you know, if you watch the Packers, not signed free agents most years, other than the year they signed Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Adrian Amos. The Packers never had money to spend on free agents because Aaron Rodgers' contract took up 24% of the entire salary cap. So to hear about, to hear Robert Saleh tell me how selfless Aaron Rodgers is, that he would do this so they could even have conversations about Dalvin Cook. It's just salt on wounds on salt on wounds. It's just more salt. Just pour all the salt on me. Oh, my gosh. All right. One more punishing soundbite from ESPN's Diana Rossini about the the presence of Aaron Rodgers. Everyone sounds so refreshed and so confident in the NFL. Nobody ever wants to give away or make predictions of what they can be. And I haven't had anyone say to me, like, man, we're going to go so deep. We're so good. I haven't. No one has shared that type of thought yet, but I can tell that the Aaron Rodgers presence, winning way, attention to detail, discipline has become a contagious characteristic within the building. All of that could have been said about his time in the previous spot in Green Bay. He's always been meticulous. He's always been someone who pays attention to detail. Like all of these things, I've heard Rob Domovsky say for years when he was covering him as a Packer. Now Diana Rossini in New York, covering him as a, as a New York Jet. I mean, I guess when you're going from Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson and Mike White to Aaron Rodgers, you're blown away by the perfection, which is cool. Like, I, again, 
you're going to see an upgrade at quarterback play if you're a New York Jets fan. You're going to see that. It's going to happen. There's no doubt. Everybody else in your roster sucks, all right? But it's the other stuff. It's the giving back $35 million so they can go at a position, at a player, at a position that they need some help with. Because it sounds to me, again, you don't add Dalvin Cook. You don't flirt with Dalvin Cook if Brees Hall is going to be ready to go week one. Brees Hall might not be ready to go full bore till week eight. We don't know. Um, You know, when I was younger, the day after having six drinks was a lot easier than it is at 42. That when you tear your ACL at 21, it's different than when you tear your ACL, I'm sure, at 27, 28. I've never torn my ACL in my life. I have no idea. But the domino effect to me, and that's just how I read it. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not seeing anything. But the domino effect of Rodgers turning in $35 million to sign Dalvin Cook to me says Brees Hall's not ready, which stinks because I, I really enjoyed watching Brees Hall. And I, before, I was rooting for Brees Hall to win football games. Now I hope Brees Hall's team goes 0-17 on the year. I didn't feel that way until Wednesday. till that Rodgers character said, I'm going to give back $35 million. You guys want to upgrade the roster? That sounds like a good idea. I never did that in Green Bay. I just kicked the can down the road. And now you guys are paying me $40 million to play for another football team. That's all I did. So now the question is, what do I do with my Aaron Rodgers jersey? I don't want to be one of those D-bags that burns it to go viral. I think that's lame. It was a gift two years ago from my sister-in-law, Molly. I'm not going to, I don't want to get, like, she, why aren't you wearing your Rodgers jersey anymore, Mike? Well, Molly, you know, a thing happened. That turncoat, he turned his back on Green Bay and slapped every cheese head in the face when he decided to give all that money back. So now what do I do with the, with the jersey? Put it in a box. I'm going to the game week one a bit with a Bears fan at Soldier Field. Um, he told me to bring it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think it's a fine idea. I don't know what Bears fans are going to do to this thing. Week one, I'll be rocking the same jersey I'm wearing right now here on Jersey Friday, my Jordan Love jersey. You know, I'm ready to go. I know there's going to be growing pains with my quarterback and my young, my young wide receivers and my football team that I'm going to enjoy hopefully 17 weeks this year and hopefully more. But week one, what am I going to do with that Jordan or that uh, Aaron Rodgers jersey? Do I take it with me to Soldier Field and let the heathens in Chicago, these people who, who think that Justin Fields is a top 10 quarterback already, these these morons in, so, at, uh, in Chicago that root for the Bears, let them have it? Sure, whatever. You guys do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, we do have to get some more NFL running back conversation. If By the way, if you're just joining us and you want to hear the full ranting about Aaron Rodgers, slapping cheeseheads in the face, ESPNDesMoines.com. This podcast is going up later. So we've got to get to some more NFL running back conversations. Uh, Najee Harris jumping in. Jim Ursay is in on the conversation. Jonathan Taylor is angry as we sit right now. We'll get to that coming up. Plus, what happens when you buy kids cheeseburgers? It can cost you four games. We'll get to that next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This is Wickett's World. Coming up tonight, Cubs and Cards game two between Chicago and St. Louis. 645 for the pregame. 715 first pitch. And uh, I'll tell you why Buster Olney, you're going to hear from Buster Olney, if you're a Cubs fan listening to us here in Des Moines, why everybody is watching the Chicago Cubs leading up to next week's trade deadline. But in uh, college football, Big Ten Media Day is going on. Let's see. It has not been, let's be real here. It has not been a good run for Big Ten football programs. All right. Iowa, you're cool. You're safe. You're fine. You had your trouble two years ago. (laughs) All right. Iowa fan went through some off the field controversy about uh, the strength coach and the way black players were treated and the racism allegedly, but nothing was, that was two years ago. So you're, you're having an off summer. Your only concern is, can you score points? That's the real concern for Iowa. Can you actually score points uh, this year on offense? We have the Northwestern story about Pat Fitzgerald and the horrific stories coming out of Evanston about hazing and how disgusting that story is. We just found out in the last couple of days that Minnesota's P.J. Fleck may have presided over a toxic culture, toxic behavior, was abusive. Other staff members were abusive. He says those are people who mostly left the program. All right. And then we get to the worst of it all. The big villain in all of this. The head coach of the Michigan Wolverines who went to the dastardly end of time, the dastardly end of a plan, and bought recruits cheeseburgers at a place called the Brown Jug, which, by the way, I spent my 21st birthday at. All right? I've been there lots when I lived in Ann Arbor. So if you have not seen this, Jim Harbaugh he is going to be suspended for the first four games of the Michigan football season coming up this fall. Because the NCAA's investigation into Jim Harbaugh, they accuse him of, quote, allegedly misleading NCAA investors about to multiple level two infractions, including having practices with too many coaches, God forbid, recruiting violations during the COVID-19 freeze and unauthorized recording of practices. Now, the real infraction here is he lied about it all. Okay, so the real thing that that Harbaugh did was he misled the investigators. What the the the, the little how this all got started? Harbaugh has recruits in during the COVID nineteen dead period when you're not allowed to have contact with with recruits. So Harbaugh has recruits in to Ann Arbor. He's having conversations. He's not supposed to. Coaches are involved as well. Uh, offensive coordinator Sharon Moore and tight end coach Grant Newsom as well. They're going to be suspended one game for the upcoming season, the first one of the year. But the Brown Jug, by the way, is a hole-in-the-wall bar. It is named after the trophy that Michigan and Minnesota play for, the little Brown Jug. And he went and got cheeseburgers for these kids. But a receipt from the watering hole was found. Chris Ballas, friend of mine, actually, I've known Chris for a very long time, from the Wolverine. On threes now, Chris Ballas reported Harbaugh took two recruits to lunch at the Brown Jug, and when confronted about the actual receipts, somebody found the actual paper receipts 
he wasn't completely honest. He didn't recall that happening. Now, again, I've spent my 21st birthday at the Little Brown Jug, and there's a lot of that night I don't recall as well. But I don't believe that Jim Harbaugh was doing shots of 151 or a shot of 151 that I like I did when I was turning 21 21 years ago. I don't even know if they make, I don't think they make Bacardi 151 anymore. I think they discontinued it, as a matter of fact. So it's not so much that he bought burgers for the kids or that he recorded too many practices or that he had too many coaches on the field for some of these practices. Those are all level two, all right? You might get a game if you're, if you're busted for a lot of those. It was the fact that they brought all this to him and he did not cooperate with NCAA investigators. That was the major reason why this has come down. So they've been negotiating with the NCAA about a suspension. It's going to be four games. And get ready for these four biggies for Michigan. Somehow, they will have to. And they can lose any of these games. You can, you can lose. College football is crazy, man. You never know. They open with East Carolina. Then they play UNLV. Then they play Bowling Green. And then their Big Ten opener, Rutgers. Just so you know, all four of those games are in Ann Arbor at the big house. They should be. Now, he can coach the team leading up to the games. He can coach them Saturday to Friday. But on game day, he cannot coach the team against those four cupcakes. Big Ten Media Day is going on in Indianapolis. Uh, this is kind of the answer you expected out of Jim Harbaugh. Right. So uh, as you probably already know, I mean, I, I can't not allowed to talk about any aspect of that ongoing situation. I'm with you. I mean, I'd love to lay it all out there. Nothing to be ashamed of. And but now is not that time. And that's about all there is to say about that. There it is. That's all he's going to give you. You didn't really think he was going to dive into. So I left the receipt on the table when I was recruiting this wide receiver. No, that that wasn't going to happen. That was the exact answer. I could have written that yesterday and told you exactly what Jim Harbaugh was actually going to say. Uh, ESPN's Heather Dinich kind of agrees with me that a four-game suspension for these four games is kind of a joke. I think the big pic- I think the big picture here is does it really matter? <laughs> because their non-conference schedule is so easy. Um, I can tell you that CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock said that the selection committee certainly pays attention to whether or not coaches and players are on the sideline, but they don't think about why. So whether or not he is um, remains to be seen, but my guess is that's probably how it's going to shake out. Yeah, they're going to be, they should be able to handle those four teams, and then they go on the road for their very first Big Ten road game of the year. Michigan plays at Nebraska. And that'll be the first time Harbaugh and Matt Rule face off. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, always good to hear from Paul Feinbaum. He's like uh, the mouth of the South, the face of the SEC, said that Harbaugh at Big Ten Media Day has come off pretty well. I think what he should have done was tell the truth and say, this is what happened. What was the NCAA going to do to him at this point? Were they going to dock him uh, his right to have vanilla or chocolate chip cookie at training camp? Mm. It really didn't matter. He, he came off well. He didn't hurt himself. I appreciate that. But I frankly would have liked to have seen him go far, much farther. No, it doesn't. Be- I, I understand what he's saying because the suspension is coming down. But I don't think, I don't know if it's officially those four games and they've signed, sealed, and delivered or whatever. But 
imagine if he said something, and Harbaugh is known to speak and just kind of be a little bit, a little bit different. Imagine if he said something that caught the ear of the NCAA, and they're like, wait, we don't remember you saying that or admitting to that or that being part of the negotiation. So to say nothing, as Harbaugh did say, was definitely the right move for Harbaugh at Big Ten Media Day. Now, Mr. Michigan, he won the Heisman. Desmond Howard, now working for ESPN. He had this to say about the head coach of the place where he used to play football. And I've always said that the NCAA, they're all about going for low-hanging fruit. They don't go after the people who are getting, you know, six figures and coaches who are orchestrating those types of deals. But yet they're going to always bring the sledgehammer down on a kid who gets a slice of pizza from a booster or something, you know, just ridiculous as that. So that's what this is. But it took on a new light because they say he didn't really cooperate with the investigation the way they wanted him to. So then they elevated it from a level two to a level one. And that just says that someone's someone's, um, ego got bruised, you know, their feelings got hurt. And now they want to try to make an example of Coach Harbaugh. But when you boil it down to what the the actual allegation is that he actually did, it's laughable. But they want to just always try to flex. It's a big headline, but then there's nothing, you know, to the actual story. So mm-hmm. it's just them flexing. I love Desmond. But he's right and he's wrong. All right? He is right. These are a bunch of level two uh, violations that really should never result in a four-game suspension. But you have to tell the truth when the NCAA is going to investigate. Like, your mom's always going to find out. When you did something wrong as a kid, you can deny, 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 deny. You can, whatever. But mom's going to find out. Your dad's going to find out. Oftentimes at work, you can try to maneuver the system or whatever. Your boss going to find out. When you're the NCAA investigating, you're going to find out. Harbaugh never should have gone down the route. The rules in the NCAA and what you can and can't do and when you can buy a cheeseburger and when you can't buy somebody a cheeseburger and can you even buy them a cheeseburger, they're very, very tough to, to, to memorize, know, and learn all of the minutia that goes into the rules from the NCAA. It's always been that way. NIL didn't change anything when it comes to the dead period and these kinds of things. NIL changed the game completely, but not in this place. But Harbaugh should have known and then should have said, yep, I did it. I bought him cheeseburgers at the Brown Jug. I had extra coaches on the field, and I have uh, cameras. He would have missed just the East Carolina game. He wouldn't have missed the first month of the season. Now, that being said, for Michigan State, they are one of the two or three favorites to win the whole thing. They're picked to win the Big Ten. They're now famously running beat Georgia plays, like plays they actually have should they get a chance to play Georgia in the national championship game. I think that's putting the cart way ahead of the horse. But hey, whatever. They've always had beat Ohio State plays, and Ohio State always had beat Michigan plays. You know, that they would run part of practice every single day during the year. They would do stuff that they would not show up until the Michigan-Ohio State game. But he should have told the truth, and he won't be, you know, would miss this month of the year. They should be all right. Four games at the big house. Maybe Rutgers gives them a game because it's a Big Ten thing, but I I can't see Michigan stumbling there. God, there's a ton of other stuff to get to. My gosh. I got to get to the Najee Harris sound because the Najee, I don't know if Najee gets it. All right, we're going to jump back to the National Football League. And my son, 
Remember last week I told you uh, the tale of my son who decided to defecate in my neighbor's yard? He's three. He's running around pantsless potty training right now. Uh, I've got an update, a positive update for you on my son. Yes, I know you tune into ESPN Des Moines for the story of my son's potty training journey, and I will update it next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. So earlier this week, uh, it finally happened. You know, last week I was on the air begging and I'm sure Saquon Barkley listens to this program. I, I know he's probably watching Facebook page like Ben and Tim and Marsha and Jordan. What's up, Justin? My guy Ryan's listening and watching in D.C. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Jody in Milwaukee. But I'm sure Saquon Barkley is on that list of people who are watching the show, right? And I was begging, Saquon, don't don't hold out, man. Don't hold out. You're going to regret it. Don't hold out for half of, you know, the, all of camp and then try to get yourself up to, up to speed by like Chris Johnson did. Don't hold out for a year like Le'Veon Bell did. I, I just think it's a terrible move. And I understand that my priorities aren't Saquon's priorities. He's got to look out for him. This is his best chance, this three-year period, to earn the most money he'll ever make in his life. And finally, the week-long, air quote, holdout came to an end. He negotiated. I didn't realize you could negotiate things on top of the franchise tag, but he did uh, he got a signing bonus, so $2 million of his now possibly $11 million. He gets up front, so he gets a little money faster. And then there's uh, $300,000 for yards, for touchdowns, and for receptions. If he hits each of these marks, which are all pretty attainable, then he gets an extra $900,000. For right now, if you're a Giants fan, today is a good day, man. Because you at least know that Saquon, a guy who has always been the dutiful soldier, so to speak, who has always done things the right way, and he has, from the beginning, since he joined the Giants, literally has been the offense and been the heart and soul of this team. So for him to just have the reassurance for Giants fans to know that Saquon will be there, which is where he wants to be. They wanted him. This is a good thing. It's a good compromise. It's ESPN's Kimberly Martin on the uh, Saquon Barkley deal. I think he hits all those numbers. If the incentives were in place last year for touchdowns, yards, and catches, Saquon hits them all last year. So he'll he'll make eleven million dollars, and this is just the lot in life of a uh, of of an NFL running back. You're not going to get fifty million. You're not going to get the eighty million dollar deal. You're not going to get paid like a quarterback. This is the the lot in life. You're just not valued financially by NFL teams and Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't know if Najee gets it when he was talked about, when he talked about the value or the devaluing of the position, when he spoke to reporters at uh, Steelers camp this week, you know, I can speak on my behalf. They asked me alone, you know, the game's going to rely on you. You need to do this for the team. You got to do this right here. Hey, it's time to close out the game. Hey, we need to, to lean on you right now. And it happens a lot of places, like Cleveland, you could say, Tennessee, even with the Niners. You know, there's numerous teams where this happens at. There's a lot of times where, you know, the running back is, is utilized a lot in the pass protection game, too. You know, that's not a stat that they're going to put. Neither is not a stat that they want to say. Um, if we're not running the ball, we're blocking. If we're not blocking, we're running the route. We're always doing something. Only time when they choose to say that it's devalued is when it's time to pay the running back. So they're really choosing when to say to devalue. The yeah. The only time when they choose to say 
that the position is devalued is when it's time to pay the running back. That is literally the definition of your value. All right? If nobody wants to pay you $30 million, your value is not $30 million. If someone wants to pay you $6 million, your value is $6 million. Because you know what? With all due respect to Najee Harris, they got a guy behind him in Jalen Warren, RB2. If you're a fantasy player, it's a good handcuff. It's a real good handcuff, by the way. It could play in Dynasty, too. If, if you are looking at the production that what Najee can do versus Jalen Warren, or pick out anybody's RB1 and RB2, and you look at salary differential, you're not getting the value out of a guy who if I paid him a million dollars a year versus $8 million a year, there's not a huge discrepancy most times. I mean, you look at the biggest contract that was given to a free agent running back this offseason. It was Miles Sanders. I think he got $22 million over four years or something like that. And then it was David Montgomery in Detroit. Three years, 18 mil. Like we're, It literally is the devaluation of running backs. I don't think Najee Harris understands that. Because, yeah, he said... They rely on you at the end of the game. Sure, you're the guy. But Jalen Warren can do the job almost as well, if not as well. This is just talking about Pittsburgh running backs. Jalen Warren can do the job probably just as well as Najee Harris for a quarter of the price. Running backs don't have the value they used to have. I mean, I remember last week I was bringing up some numbers. And Chris Johnson, remember Chris Johnson? Chris Johnson's uh, team decided no, say no to the franchise tag. The franchise tag then was $14 million. That was 2011. Now think about how much more stuff costs now than it did in 2011, right? Just think about how much quarterbacks cost versus 2011 or wide receivers cost in 2011. The franchise tag is the value of the top, the average price of the top three at the position. The franchise tag then was 14. Every other position, you see the price go up. The franchise tag right now on a guard is like $18 million. The franchise tag on running backs has dropped from 14 to $10 million since Chris Johnson held out back in 2011. 10.1 is the franchise tag. That's what Saquon's playing on right now. That's what they offered. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Josh Jacobs in Vegas. He's the last guy to sign. That's what Tony Pollard took with Dallas. They don't value you because there are enough of you to pretty much do the same job. Your skill set over a long period of time as a running back does not completely outweigh the skill set of the next running back in line or the guy in college they can draft and they can run the doors off of and the tread off of and start the cycle all over again. Like when you're watching your team and they're building, like look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs tried with CEH, didn't work. Chiefs are now trying to make Isaiah Pacheco a thing for like three or four years. By the way, Isaiah Pacheco will never get it will never get paid. My guy Carrington, who does sports talk down in uh, Kansas City, Pacheco is on the cheapest deal possible right now because he was a seventh round pick. 
You think the Chiefs are going to want to renegotiate and give that guy a major payday? He's going to play out the four years on the cheap. And if he's in decent shape four years from now, second contract time from now, he might get a deal like Miles Sanders just got or like David Montgomery just got. All right? They don't value running backs. And to sit there and say, oh, we're valued in game. Yeah, you're valued in game. You're just not valued at the contract table, at the negotiating table. Najee Harris went on to say something I think is a little more accurate about the disrespect being paid towards these running backs. Saquon accumulated for almost 30% of the offense. Like, why can't you look at that and say, okay, well, you know, he said he's not trying to break the market or set the market, but he's trying to get compensated of what he thinks is fair, which two parties should think is fair too. And I think that, well, I know that they know themselves that that ain't fair, like what he's getting. You know, he wanted a long contract to, to know his security in there. Right now, he doesn't have no security. You know, right now, they're just going to probably utilize him the same way. If something happens in the game, they're going to, probably look somewhere else, but it's like, man, what is the security that we have? We don't it. have no security right now. You guys are using us to accomplish what you guys want. Yes. And then when it's time for us to re-up or ask for something that we think is right, you guys just turn the cheek and say, well, you have wear and tear. But it's like, come on now, bro. Well, you, uh, but that's the nature of the position, all right? Mamas, don't let your kids grow up to be running backs, okay? Teach them to be quarterbacks, receivers. Heck, Left tackles are getting paid quarterback money sometimes. That's just, you chose to be a running back, Najee. And this is the game, all right? You chose to play the most violent position. When you were young, you were great. And when you went to college, you were great. And in the NFL, I think he was a first-round pick, if not a second. I think Najee was a first-round pick. But the NFL chews running backs up, spits them out, and then the next guy. You know, where's your security? The NFL doesn't care. The NFL does not care what your secure, where your security is. You know, two years from now, the Pittsburgh Steelers may have moved on from Najee Harris, whether out of financials or health or they found somebody else. Maybe it is Jalen Warren. Maybe he's the guy. I don't know. But running backs don't last with organizations for 10 years getting 250 carries. That doesn't happen anymore. You don't see the 300 carry running back very often. Maybe well, who's left? Nick Chubb? See the only guy and Kareem Hunt spelled him often last year and has for the last couple of years in passing down situations. You don't see Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Adrian Peterson may have been the last the last pro football Hall of Famer to be running back one for a decade or however long he was in Minnesota. It's the nature of the position, and there is nothing you can do about it. Because the game's not going to get softer when it comes to tackling running backs. That's not, gonna, that's not really a thing. That's not going to happen. All right? So that's what I got on running backs. Can we play the buster-only cut real quick before I tell you about my son? I know you're waiting on the journey of his uh, potty training, but we got Cubs baseball coming up tonight. Cubs and Cardinals, game two. Chicago is in a very weird spot. They won yesterday 10 to 3. They've won six straight, eight out of ten. And Buster only says everybody now with the trade deadline looming in a matter of four days, keeping an eye on the baby bears. The trade deadline intrigue centers around the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, their chances of making the playoffs are about the same as the Angels, one in six. And so over the next few days, they have to decide 
Are they going to trade Marcus Stroman, who would become, despite his recent slump, would become one of the best available starting pitchers? And will they trade Cody Bellinger? And if Cody Bellinger's traded, boy, he would be uh, potentially great relief for the Yankees. A guy who has played in the postseason, you know, he's won a World Series ring. He's someone who this year has cut down on his strikeouts. He's a much more effective player. And he would help prop up a lineup that has struggled so badly this year. But here's the deal about the Cubs. They're hot right now. They've won six in a row. They're six back of my Milwaukee Brewers in first place of the National League Central. And they're four games out of the wild card. So why, if you think that you can get hot, stay hot through August, why would you sell off Bellinger or Stroman or whoever? Why wouldn't you maybe be a buyer? I don't know. It's going to be real interesting to see. Once we saw Shohei Otani come off the market, that was kind of... uh, you know, that was the first domino to fall for the uh, MLB trade deadline. How much time do I have? I have a lot of time. I have two minutes, two and a half minutes. Great. So last week on the show, as I continue to update you on the potty training uh, journey of my son, Miles, by the way, potty training a boy, much more difficult than potty training a girl. My, my, my younger twin, Miles is a twin, his uh, sister Miller, like 99% potty trained. She just has to figure out how to wipe herself, right? Not to get too vile and crude, but that's the last thing that we have to get done with her. She knows to stay in her room. She knows we took the childproof lock off the handle so she can go out in the middle of the night. She can pee. She can come back. She puts her got to pull up. She's good. The boy, the boy's a struggle. Last week, he uh, he's not wearing pants, so he's walking around pantsless like Winnie the Pooh, and he was in my neighbor's yard, and they're on vacation, and he's playing in, the, in their backyard with some other kids, and I look over. And he's standing there, and he defecates just in the middle of the yard. Great. Got to go clean that thing up like, uh, you know, like a cleaning up dog poop in the middle of winter. It's great. So much fun. Take your bags with you, dog owners, by the way. I hate seeing poop just left in front of my house. Get off my lawn. Uh, I just got a text from our nanny during the show. Because right now, we have a timer that goes off every, it was six minutes, then it was 12, now it's up to 30. Every 30 minutes, this little mouse gets the cheese on the app on the one of the iPads. And then the kid says, mouse gets the cheese. I'm going to go potty. And we're like, sweet, Pavlovian. Let's do it. Let's get this going. Twice today, two times, my son has gone potty before the mouse got the cheese. Before the timer went off, he felt it. He got up and he went to the bathroom. And he used the potty two times. This is the greatest Friday of my life. I've, I've got poker night later on tonight. I don't care if I'm busted out first. All right, on a bad beat. My son peed twice today without being prompted. This is a breakthrough of epic proportions. All right. This is great day today. <laughs> Had a good show on Laser with my partner, Heather. Had a lot of fun today. Screaming and yelling. It's Jersey Friday. I got the Jordan Love jersey on. Oh, yeah. In honor of Jordan Love, baby. Love Friday. Mm-hmm. Love. My kid peed twice in the potty without being prompted. Exciting and new. Exciting and new. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. Thank you for listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
life's sweetest reward. 